Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about energy and sustainability from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined for my fortnightly catch-up on the UK commodity markets by my colleague Jason Durden, Alpha's Head of Energy Markets and uh, Risk Management. Now, Jason, uh, we tend to start with oil for some good reasons recently. What are the developments there? I think refined products particularly are extraordinarily expensive now. Yes, Jeremy, lots going on in oil or or not a lot going in oil, depending on what way you're looking at it. So in terms of price, we, we had a, an interesting July expiry uh, in uh, uh, the end of May um, as the front month. We saw prices of uh, crude up to uh, around 125, which is a, you know, a, a sort of a three month high there, four month high. Things settled down as we moved into the new front month. The backwardation was quite sharp. Um, saw uh, the new front month trading at 113. Um, that's been bid back to 120 in recent sessions, despite really uh, OPEC agreeing for the first time to change its plan on production for July and August. Um, the net figure was about 220,000 extra barrels. Interesting to see the market's reaction. I'm not sure the market probably thought that uh, OPEC's been, or certain OPEC members have been struggling to get the original revised higher production targets um, being delivered away. So problems in West Africa, problems in Libya, um, et cetera, et cetera, um, you know, meaning that they were falling short. So, you know, I suppose perhaps the market asking is, is it a, a hollow gesture? What does it really mean? And then also really um, some pretty strong price signals coming from products, as, as you said so in your introduction there. Gasoline at all-time highs on the RBOB. Uh, only yesterday, as we start the uh, started the new week, trading just a little bit lower than that this morning. And diesel, I think we've been talking about it for some time. You know, 40-year uh, long-term lows in diesel stocks uh, in the US, and um, well below the five-year average. Um, uh, and in fact, in certain markets, a bit lower than that in Europe. So there is there is a product or a um, a shortage or a supply tightness, should we say, not uh, not a physical shortage. There is a certain supply tightness in uh, product markets, which, you know, does not bode well sort of in the summer before the winter, really. But um, yeah, crude really fairly stable at around 120. I suppose the big players in the oil market aren't really sure about the robustness of the demand figures, given the fact that uh, recession seems to be being baked into the outlook. Right. And I think this distinction between the, the commodity, which in the case of oil is still expensive, but not necessarily at the highest possible level, and, you know, the retail price of the product, including, you know, uh, refinery costs and so on, that's a big issue now, particularly um, as Europe transits away from dependence on, on Russian supplies, because it's refinery capacity that's an issue there, um, particularly for diesel, I understand, and that, and that pressure is going to remain tight for quite a while. And the, the issues are similar, but not the same in gas. I mean, you know, it's mostly about the commodity, but it's also about the ability to get it into Europe by other means other than uh, uh, through pipelines from Russia. And, and UK has been hugely important in that, hasn't it, as a, as a transit route. And unusually for this time of year, we're exporting or, it look, or rather it looks like we're exporting gas from UK to continental Europe. Is that sort of situation you expect to carry on over the over the months ahead as European gas stocks fill up? Yeah, you can't see any any difference to that. So the pattern emerged really from the get-go, Jeremy. We 
been basically seeing uh, 75 mcm of uh, gas that wouldn't otherwise really be exported out into Europe consistently as it has been pretty much going every day through the IUK and uh, more recently uh, BBL as well. Obviously the UK um, as we saw in May when uh, spot prices went uh, gave the market a clear signal you know lots of LNG coming in little storage capacity left and obviously restrained demand as uh, you know summer levels of demand really have um, uh, mean that um, there is a limited appetite to gas you know you could actually say that more than enough gas is coming into the UK on its way to Europe it will continue to go to Europe um, you can see in the storage figures across Europe that you know Germany France and uh, Italy the three largest um, long-term storage facilities across the continent or the western continent anyway are over 50 percent full now um in the first full week of june so that is pretty much the answer to the question where is all this gas going because if you look at long-term seasonal demand forecasts for the uk this time of year you know they are that 70 or 80 mcm lower than uh, actual demand is every day at the moment and that's that's this export demand well, that's interesting. And sometimes, you know, it's easy to make simplistic comparisons between the UK and parts of Europe in terms of storage capacity and so on. But the UK is unusual in Europe in, you know, having its own supplies sufficient to meet around half of our demand currently. And um, indeed, an awful lot of capacity to import uh, gas via LNG, which not all other European countries have at the moment. And so that flexibility is quite important, isn't it? And I just wonder, you know, when it comes to these debates about security of supply, the, the picture is sometimes more complex than, you know, have we got long, long-term storage here or haven't we? Um, it's the combination of factors that, that contribute to security of supply, as it does to power generation. All the uh, independent of Russia, at least, uh, renewable capacity in the world uh, is only as useful as the, as the weather that enables it to operate. And I just wonder, you know, what's your feeling about what's happening there? A lot of solar power on the system, wind great when it's there, less when it's not. And when it isn't, it's gas that keeps the lights on. Well, gas is the, uh, you know, gas was chosen as the, uh, the, the, the the fuel of choice, as it were, a decade or more ago. And, uh, you know, you could only see that highlighted in last week's data. So last week, obviously, some demand side uh, anomalies because of a, a two-day bank holiday. But um, in terms of supply, just under 65% of uh Last week's power generation was sated by gas. Very low renewables in terms of wind. Wind has been uh, a little bit of a um, an issue for European uh, power generation from you know German market and, and the UK over the last couple of weeks to the point where solar actually outperformed in the UK or large scale solar, should I say, actually outperformed uh, wind generation um, last week. You know, you, you have to say that uh, renewables, if you include biomass, it still features at a quarter of uh, takeoff. But, you know, you would expect, and certainly towards the end of May, we saw um, wind was uh, displacing huge amounts of gas, which is, you know, partly why during that period we were seeing, you know, 25p on the on the spot. Now it's kind of um, more like uh, 125 but that is this kind of comfortable or or very good supplier situation on gas at the moment is actually you can see it in the prices um you know winter 22 gas is at its 100 day trading um, just above its 100 day ma really 
the market's been stuck since March, trading in a relatively small range on gas. And on the front end, most of the, uh, so as we expired out of June and we're now looking at July as the front month, we're seeing July trading, you know, at 200 day moving average. Um, you have to go back into the back end of 21 before, you know, the, the, the forward was cheaper than it is now. So, you know, there is some confidence, at least on the short term in, in gas for all sorts of reasons, not not necessarily so much power. But yeah, I mean, there is a quite a lot of gas coming into the UK and the UK has relatively limited flexibility now. And I think we're seeing that in prices. Those prices aren't necessarily, well, they aren't being reflected on the continent where, you know, the larger market TTF is is continuing to sort of trade sideways at the, at the high premiums that we saw sort of uh, established in March. Right. Um, what's the consequence of all this for emissions, not just in Europe, but in the UK and, and the carbon markets, which are a sort of function of all these things combined together? Because carbon prices have been quite resilient, I think. Yes. I mean, I think there's a strong case that says the fundamentals have actually been pretty good because, you know, Europe as a whole is burning more coal, more, fo- more fossil fuels are being um, are being burnt, really, in terms of a there's a keep the you know there's a i suppose a more like keep everything working and keep the lights on mentality which will only get worse in winter obviously gas is that much more efficient but uh you know the price of gas is um driven generators to uh, financially generate as much uh, as they can possibly do within the legal constraints um, by burning coal. So coal is number one in the in the financial stack in terms of fossil fuels, really. Um, uh, you know, I think the, the numbers this year won't look great in terms of, uh, you know, um, CO2 emissions from the power generation front. But I don't think that's that's not front and centre on the agenda right now. I mean, it's never too far away. Can we see that? You know, carbon's been a really interesting market. So we have seen it push towards new highs. We've seen it pull back. In terms of where it, what it's doing now is actually yesterday was a European, uh, a semi-European holiday for, for many uh, traders and participants. But the carbon market fell, you know, about uh, 5% yesterday. Why did it do that? Well, once again, the politicians are involved, of course, in a, in a, in a market like uh, carbon. And the Fit for 55 is in front of the European Parliament today. So uh, I think there's a few nervous investors out there that were just trimming up positions in a, in a fairly lightly traded market yesterday. I'm sure that's right. And on a related issue, the political situation in the UK, who knows what will happen next? But as we record this, less than 24 hours after the Prime Minister Boris Johnson survived a confidence vote of his own members, but possibly not by as much as he would have liked. And uh, who, who knows what the consequences of that will be? There doesn't seem to be any sign, does that either the current government or, or if there was a change in prime minister would take a particularly different line rather on energy and climate change. I think those who think that there might be a you know, a fundamental shift or a move away from net zero, I, I've not picked up anything along those lines. If you may be a change of emphasis, certainly on security of supply in the short term, but uh, I don't think uh, there's a, a crossroads here for UK energy and climate policy that I can see, Jason. Would you agree? 
I totally agree. I think uh, when you step back and actually look at what, what's happened, I think you can actually say, you know, well, this will be a, a style and a presentation change rather for, for energy at least rather than anything fundamental because you know the current uh, administration talks uh, very strong on its uh, green credentials and ambitions and also uh, at the same time has encouraged the UK um, which is visible of late to become much more um, rather than importing uh, Russian energy for for example you know using uh, a little bit more of uh, our own resources that perhaps had got sidelined a little bit on the UK sea Yes, um, but I, so I don't expect, uh, and I don't think the market expects any real policy shift. Maybe just some nuance and presentation. Well, an interesting point in which to conclude. Thank you, Jason. I hope you found that interesting too. Do look out for our reports on our website, alphaenergygroup.com/uk, and uh, we hope you're able to join us again for a podcast soon.